Chapter 13 of The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Karen Hunt. The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls by Laura Lee Hope. The Haunted House. Now we are in a pickle. Anybody hurt? Well, I know I'm shaken up, groaned Grace as she flung aside a suitcase that had gone up in the air to land in her lap. I thought I was going through the windshield, sure, panted Stella. One after another, the girls got out and inspected the car that had landed so unceremoniously in the mud hole in the woods. Looks as if we're stuck for keeps, sighed Amy. And night coming on, too, added Irene. If only I didn't break an axle or some springs, came anxiously from Molly. The automobile was too deep in the mud to make much of an inspection. Molly looked it over as well as she could and concluded that the axles at least were intact. Then she made the discovery that the woods road wound around the mud hole and that something like a real highway was not a great distance beyond. You'll have to help haul me out, Stella, she said. It's lucky we brought the chain along. Stella understood, and soon she was working the ford around the mud hole. This done, she backed up as near as she dared, and then the chain was fastened to both cars, and Molly got down behind the wheel she had been manipulating. It was no easy task to budge the mired car, but at last it came out of the hole, safe and sound, and both cars rolled forward to the safer ground beyond. "'Good work, Stella!' cried Grace. "'You deserve a medal!' I didn't do so much, was the answer. Molly's car helped itself a whole lot. Come on, we must have many miles still to go, said Amy anxiously. Molly would not believe they had actually found the right road again until they came out upon it and saw a short distance back of them the ruins of a bridge. They encountered no further detours and it began to look as though they would get to Foaming Falls in reasonably good season after all. By common, though tacit consent, they had not mentioned the old lady's weird story. They knew that to discuss the ghastly details would be to work themselves into a state of mind which would make it absolutely impossible their stay at Foaming Falls. As it was, the nearer they came to their destination, the more their thoughts centered upon the unpleasant subject. They longed for, yet dreaded, their first sight of the old stone house. As they came to the outskirts of Foaming Falls Village, they noticed a difference in the temper of the people. These were friendly enough about giving directions and advice. The girls were frequently forced to stop for both, until they heard of the chum's destination. At the mention of the old stone house, the expressions of the country folk changed immediately from amiable curiosity to suspicion and dread. They regarded the girls, as Grace afterward declared, as though they themselves were inhabitants of the shadow world. This attitude on the part of the natives confirmed the old lady's story and did little to reassure the girls. After the second of these meetings, Amy voiced the unspoken thought of them all. I don't know but what the wisest thing, after all, would have been to turn back to Deepdale. Now we couldn't possibly start back until tomorrow, 
no matter how much we wanted to. Do we want to? asked Molly in a queer voice. There was silence. Then Grace spoke resolutely. I don't suppose there's anything to be gained by refusing to admit that this weird and ghastly story, silly as it is, has us pretty well scared. I can't say that I myself will particularly relish spending a night in the place, but I'm going to do it because I'm more afraid of being thought a coward. I'll spend the night in that house if I have to do it alone. There speaks resolution, laughed Molly. You won't have to stay there alone, Grace dear. They came, after a short time, to the general store at Foaming Falls, where one could purchase anything from stockings to cheese. Before the store, Molly stopped the car. She jumped out and stretched herself to relieve her cramped muscles. Better get what canned goods we need here, she said, and beckoned to Stella as the Ford slithered to the curb behind the big car. Better I'll come, she called. There will be plenty to carry. There were several loungers in the store, sitting or standing about a stove which, though now fireless and rather dreary-looking, still seemed to furnish a center about which all could gather. These looked up curiously as the girls entered, and several of them had the grace to remove their feet from the fender about the stove. One of these was a tall, fair-haired, gangling young man with a wide, easily smiling mouth and merry gray eyes. "'Better be getting on to the post office, Jasper,' said one of the loungers, addressing the gray-eyed young man. "'Old Si'll come hollering his head off for you like he done before.' "'Si just loves to holler,' returned the gangling young man addressed as Jasper. "'Why deny the poor old boy the pleasure that's coming to him?' The girls were conscious of a vague stirring of memory at the mention of the young man's name but they were too busily engaged with the grocery clerk to pay much attention to the conversation of the loungers. But when they were about ready to go, with packages made up containing food enough to last them for at least a week, a diversion occurred that could not fail to attract their attention. A small, weazened, worried-looking man dashed into the store, looked wildly to right and left, and then rushed up to the gangling young man named Jasper. You lazin' again, he cried, fairly dancing on his short legs, with all the evening mail still to be got ready and delivered. What you aim to do, anyway, worry me into an early grave? No such luck, sigh, drawled the young man, slowly disentangling his long legs from about the chair. Come to think of it, with a not unamiable smile, it couldn't be such an early grave, could it? Don't you go slinging insults at my age, young feller, said the little man as he retired toward the door, shaking his fist at the postal clerk. You stop your loafing and get to work, Jasper Hill, or your place will be took by someone else. Come on now, get a move on. Jasper Hill, thought the girls with a start. As they followed the young fellow out of the store, Amy plucked at Molly's sleeve. That's the man the old lady was telling us about, the one that started the story about the rocker, she whispered. I know and Molly nodded. The young man had paused on the steps of the store, evidently reluctant to resume his labor. A sudden impish impulse came to Molly, and she acted on it. Stepping to Jasper Hill's side and raising her eyes innocently to his, she asked, Would you mind directing us? We're strangers in the neighborhood. Not at all, said the young fellow, regarding Molly with frank approval. What do you want to know? 
Which road we have to take to get to the old stone house on Foaming River, said Molly demurely. You ain't aiming to put up there, said Jasper Hill, half as an assertion and half as a question. Of course we are, replied Molly, feigning irritation. We have come to spend a little vacation there. A little vacation? The young man's expression was fatuous. His eyes seemed about to pop from his head. He made a visible effort to gain command of himself and the situation. Now look here, he said. You girls being strangers in these parts explains why you don't know about that house. You can't stop there. There's an inn in town, at least that's what it likes to call itself, and you better put up there for tonight. What's the matter with the stone house, queried Molly, the imp in her still uppermost. Why can't we stay there if we want to? The young man looked embarrassed, glanced at Molly, looked away again, then finally blurted, Because if you'd like to know the truth, that house is haunted. This was Molly's chance to show her scorn for all such superstition. She laughed merrily, and Jasper Hill seemed not only taken aback by her merriment, but grossly offended as well. All right, you can laugh if you like, he said grumpily. But if you don't come running back here tonight asking for shelter at the inn, my name ain't Jasper Hill. You know that old saying about the fellow who laughed last. And, with a touch to his disreputable old straw hat, he turned and lounged across the street toward the post office. Now you've offended him, said Amy regretfully. It really seems a shame. He met his advice to be friendly. Maybe he will keep back our mail, who knows, chuckled Grace. You ought to be more careful whom you pick on, Molly. It was funny, though, when his mouth dropped open, Irene added with a reminiscent giggle. It looked big enough to swallow the ford. Anyway, that boy will have something to think about for a little while, said Molly, as she stowed away the last of the packages. Something to add a little excitement to the dull life of a postal clerk. I have a feeling, said Grace, as she climbed in over the packages that our own existence during the next few days is not to be entirely free from excitement. Oh, look at that lovely golden collie. He looks like Hesper, cried Irene, pointing up the street to a dog trotting after its master. I think it's just too mean that the police can't get any trace of those stolen dogs. I don't believe they try. Oh, I'm sure they do, answered Molly. They had very little to work upon, you know. But come on, Irene, get in there with Stella and let's be off. The girls drove on quickly. Jasper Hill had been too greatly stupefied by Molly's revelation to answer her question concerning the direction in which lay the old stone house. But the girls really had need for no further aid at this point, since one fact had been reiterated by every stranger they had questioned. After reaching the general store in the village of Foaming Falls, they were to follow the main road straight ahead as the crow flies. There was a church on the outskirts of the village, and about a mile further on was the old stone house. They came to it sooner than they expected. Stella caught a glimpse of the old house set well back from the road with a glint of water in the background. She tooted wildly to Molly, and the latter waved back reassuringly. I guess, said Molly to Amy and Grace, this is where we get off. End of chapter 13